What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of the First Surfence Audio Installment. This is episode 8 of season 2. Um, yeah, the 24 is back in victory lane. We'll talk about that, we'll talk the new package at Phoenix, what I thought of it. Potential Hendrick penalties, which could be huge, that could shake things up. Shake things up. Harvick's crazy finish, thought he was going to win that one. And then I threw in here Pensy, not as what we expected on speed. Um... So yeah, we're going to talk with a listener, KB NASCAR fan. You probably know him as on Instagram. His name's Matthew. He's been on the podcast a few times, but he has to come on again. So we talked for a while. We pretty much cover everything I just mentioned. But before we talk to him, I just want to go over the standings so you know. So Bowman's in first for the first time in his career. Four races in. He's got four straight top tens. Harvick's in second, having a decent year. He had the win in speed today. Didn't have it anywhere else, but he's ran good regardless. Chastain third. Byron, Larson, and Bell. Hamlin, Blaney. Kyle Busch ninth. Truex, tenth. Suarez, he dropped quite a bit. I think he was in the top four after Vegas, but yeah, I could I would double check that. Logano, um, Brad, and Busher, so they're having decent years, especially after last year they... They struggled. They're doing a lot better. Stenhouse, Briscoe, and Priest are all the way down to 25th and 27th. El Marol is actually in the middle of them in 26th. And then Reddick moved up to 20th. Um, all right, so the finishing positions, Byron won. Blaney had a strong run at the end, actually almost won, finished second. Reddick finally a good run this year with a third-place finish. Larson fourth, Harvick fifth, Bell sixth, Briscoe, Kyle Busch, Bowman, and Barry, so a really strong run for Barry. We'll talk more about that later. But yeah, I just wanted to mention the standings and the finishing positions. Anyways, we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk with Matthew now. So hope you guys like what he had to say. Um and we're go we'll go over the first event move of the race, the underdog of the race, and some race takes, all that stuff afterwards. But for now, we're about to talk to him. Alright, see you guys in a little bit. You there? Yeah, I'm there. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But what I was saying is I think with the uh, packages, what happened was it pretty much just maybe multiplied like the tire fall off a little bit. I don't think it changed the passing much because you could just see one. At one point, Byron was pulling up to Larson and just every time you get close, he'd probably go into turns three and four and just back way up because of the air. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, it didn't help things, you know, with the fact that, of course, Byron and Larson were the class of the field today. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the fact that Harvick got in the mix. Uh, that was pretty good to see him up there. Even you had Brad uh, and obviously Blaney with a hard charge at the end. Uh, and Reddick as well, finished third. Yeah, he had four tires too. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the racing was, you know, it was pretty mid, but... Um, you know, I kind of like seeing strategy play out. The only thing is, uh, with the green flag pit stops that took place today, there wasn't really much parity. There wasn't much drama. It was kind of just like what you would expect. There was a few penalties, but there was nothing really. Like, everyone who was in the top ten that pitted kind of stayed there after the cycle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, know, I would have liked to see if Byron or Larson went to the back, how their cars would come through, because... 
I mean, Harvick started kind of deep in the field, and he drove up, but it took him the whole race to get up to the front. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think Byron had the best car today. I think Larson probably did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Harvick, man, Harvick had the best long run car though. Uh, that thing was like really, really good. I mean, all of a sudden, and Clint was talking about it on the uh, broadcast. Once he got to the top ten, he was just like slicing and dicing through people. Yeah, he was. I think he might have been better through traffic too because Larson was in somewhat clean air throughout the race. I mean, he was coming up on lap cars, but at the end there, they they had been running green for so long that they were in kind of heavy um, traffic, and it was good car. So that's when Harvick just drove up and passed him, and then Harvick just drove away from him. He was, like, way faster than Larson. Yeah, um... Yeah, I think think Harvick, and, and it's kind of crazy because, you know, there's been that narrative going around lately where, you know, Harvick has been kind of carrying SHR on their back. Uh, and in my opinion, that's mostly true. When you look at Briscoe, who won the spring race there last year, he had a really, really solid race today and finished, I think, seventh. Yeah, he did. So, he, he worked on up. the race and then took him yeah, off. I, uh, I mean, his I car was up. pretty good. I think he was a lap down at one point, maybe, or he was deep in the field at least, and he just worked his way up. But I'm looking at, I'm on Twitter on my computer right now, and I'm watching Chastain and Hamlin. And do you think Hamlin did that on purpose? I mean, he if you watch it, he just beats the back bumper off of Chastain's car down the whole back straightaway. He just keeps hitting him over and over again. Yeah. See, when that happened, like, I wasn't really paying attention. Um, but when I, like, they showed it uh, after the race, they showed a, a short clip. Mm-hmm. I saw how, like, Hamlin just, like, literally shoved Chastain into the wall. He, um, it, I just like, realized, too, I, it goes forever. He hit him. He hit him in the dog like too. He just kept hitting him over and over again. I think... Um, I mean, when you immediately look at that and you look at the two drivers that were involved in that, immediately you go to hard feelings. I mean, you know, it's Hamlin and Chastain. I really don't think you have to get more into it to know. I mean, we saw it at the Clash. We saw it, like, I don't know, 10, 15 times last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. These two, man, they have a a drop-dead rivalry. Like, it is, like, I have – it is so interesting – and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think part of that was had to do with, you know, hard feelings with Hamlin there. Um, you know, and, and they were, you know, Hamlin was, wasn't really up there as much today. Uh, Chastain, his car was pretty consistent in the back half of the top ten. But Hamlin was trying to make a late race charge. But, yeah, it definitely looked a little suspicious. Yeah, I don't know why he would do that running for, like, I don't know. What, I mean, they were racing for probably – late tens or maybe even like 11 i don't even know but it's kind of weird that he chose to try to pay him back there yeah i agree and i think he didn't like he kind of got hooked to his car so they both ended up in the wall and i think when that happened he got pissed so he just tried wrecking chastain even worse because i'll send you this video he's just hitting him over and over again down the throat like he does it he runs him into the fence, then he hits him a few times down the back stretch, then he drives up to him in one and two and just tries to flat out dump him. And then 
he eventually pat Hamlin passes him, knows it, but it went on for a while. Yeah, I feel like you know it's, it's again like you were saying it's it's kind of hard to think that you know they're racing for position, and I know you know a top ten really matters, but man, like the way that he just like kind of pushed him into the wall and just yeah you know and like you said mm-hmm. you know it was uh, I mean I haven't seen the clip in full, but um, I would imagine that yeah Hamlin was probably pushing the absolute crap out of Chastain going into one and two. So, um, yeah, I can only imagine that there was something else there other than just racing hard for a position. You know Hamlin. You know, Hamlin and Chastain, they've had a rivalry since really Gateway. Uh, yeah. And it's carried on throughout just about every race last year that they were, like, in contention or they were, like, close. So um, I think it's only going to continue. That rivalry is – uh, is must see TV, man. They yeah. need to make like a show or something with Chastain and Hamlin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, back to uh, Larson and Byron, though. Do you? I see some people saying that like the Garage Fifty Six, like Hendrick can use that in the Chevy teams in general to work to learn stuff about the next gen car. You think that's true, or you think <clears throat> NASCAR restricts them enough so they can't? That's interesting to think about. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly how much there is to learn because isn't I mean Garage Fifty Six is going to be racing at a road course, yeah. Mons, right? Is yeah. that where it's going to be racing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you're at a short track. The package is completely different. I don't know uh, how much you're really learning. I don't. I don't think that puts much emphasis on anything. So I'm going to say no. But. I think Chevy, I don't know, man. Toyota has got to get their act together, bro. We're five races into the season, and Chevy has won all five. And Toyota, I, I'll give Bell credit, and I'll give Hamlin credit a little bit. But, man, it's it hasn't been easy. Like, mm-hmm. Toyota, and, and the fact that Toyota, again, it's been this way forever. They only have a limited amount of cars in the field. Chevy has so much more um, leverage, I guess you could say, so much more space in the field. Mm-hmm. Like you have the RCR team, you have HMS, you have Trackhouse now. I mean, you have a lot of teams over just two TO teams. Like that's going to be sometimes very hard to deal with. Um, and I mean, I'm just looking like, later on into the season how like Toyota is going to have to get their act together yeah and there's like Truex just struggled Gibbs he's a rookie so you can't really count on him you just gotta expect him to run all the laps but Truex has been struggling I mean Reddick had a good run obviously but he's usually he kind of had a rough start I mean hopefully this turns things around and then there's Ford they just, I mean, the Chevys, we knew they were yeah. going to have a huge advantage on the intermediates and everything, but we didn't, everyone was kind of pointing at this race to see, like, if the Fords could make something happen. And Harvick, Harvick's kind of an exception because we already know he's so good here. And him and Childers yeah. are, like, on a team of his own. But the Penske cars, other than Blaney's late run, they didn't have the speed that we kind of – I mean, Logano was, like, struggling all race long. Yeah, Logano shocked the crap out of me. He was, like – so he didn't start well. He started, like, 16th or so. Mm-hmm. But 
he like I was conflicted on putting Joey in my fantasy lineup. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like he's starting 16th, but I know that, you know, he won your last year. Like, you know, him and Paul, they have a really good chemistry on these like, you know, low downforce tracks. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I don't really know. Um, and, you know, I, I don't even think it was a hundred laps into the race. He was already like 23rd or 22nd. Yeah. You're going a lap down to uh, Byron. I was like, man, like, and, and he rebounded really well. Like Logano had a really, really good rebound. Uh, you know, finishing 11th there is very, very impressive by him, but mm -hmm. still, and yeah, Blaney, you know, Blaney ran pretty well today. He was in the top 10 for a majority of the day. Uh, Cindric, I don't even know where he finished. I mean, he was a non-factor. And then, yeah, SHR, besides Briscoe and Harvick, I mean, Priest, he had a good, re he had a decent rebound at the end. But Almirola, I mean, yeah, he had the tire issue and, you know, he was nowhere to be seen. Uh, it was a pretty rough day for Ford. I think Ford will eventually get their act together. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I think it's Chevy versus the world right now. I mean, I, especially with getting Kyle and having him now as, as another, just another weapon to use against the other manufacturers. It's going to be very, very hard for, uh, you know, any other team to really challenge Chevy this year in terms of manufactured titles or whatever. Yeah, because now it's like when Hendrick misses a setup or they're not running good, you have to worry about Trackhouse, who was never – I mean, there was never a team that was could go up there and run as good as a Hendrick car like Chastain, Kennan, even Sora sometimes, and now there's Bush. So they just have so many good drivers, and it's this is at a point, too, where they're just faster than everyone. Yeah, Um you know, I think going back to, you know, my biasy uh, prior to, uh, and I still have a, a lot of respect for Toyota, no doubt. But like when I was a Kyle Busch fan, when he was with JGR, you know, I, I was like, I would always be like, man, I would always get so frustrated because I wasn't necessarily a Toyota. I was a, I was a Kyle Busch fan, but I wasn't necessarily a Toyota fan, but I would always get upset. because I'd be like, man, HMS is just dominating. And now I look at it as not just HMS, but just a whole, like, Chevy-type deal. It's not just mm -hmm. HMS. Like, yeah, like you said, Trackhouse. I mean, the uh, Trackhouse on any given week, Suarez or Chastain, primarily Chastain, can run better than the HMS cars. Any of them. I mean, yeah. any, of, any Byron, Larson, Bowman, or even Chase when he's racing. Uh, it's very, very impressive. Uh, and, but, I, I, you know, I think Toyota is going to get their act together. I have no doubt. I think Ford is as well. I mean, you have a champion in Logano on your team. You have Brad and RFK. They look stellar today. I mean, you know, things are going to change around. But, I mean, right now, man, Chevy is the class of the field. Yeah, the fact that they had this much speed on this track, they could be good at Martinsville, Richmond. I mean, Phoenix is weird, but we'll see. Um, I don't know. I hope that the package performs a little bit better at – uh martinsville and richmond though it's those tracks are slower so you would think that the package would have more of an effect on it because the air is not as important but we'll see yeah i agree but they'll definitely be track position races too oh yeah i think it's gonna be very similar to last year in both those tracks i think martinsville and richmond 
you know, we have Richmond coming up in just a few weeks and Martinsville, I think it's directly after that. So um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, man, I don't know. Cause I mean, you look at Martinsville last year, you look at Richmond, those races were like, I mean, Richmond was kind of dominated by, I forget Richmond. I know obviously Hammond won. I think Richmond was mainly dominated by Toyota. No, Byron uh, had a ton of laps there. Actually. Oh, that is true. Yeah, remember Byron, Byron had like a, such a similar beginning of the year. He was like leading all the laps and he won what Martinsville and Atlanta. So he was like, it was very similar to how he is right now. Yeah, I forgot about uh, Byron being so good at Richmond. Yeah, that is right. He finished, I think, like second or something like that to Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, but yeah, and then, but but Martinsville was absolutely dominated by Hendrick. And I mean, that race was just from start to finish was Byron and Elliott, kind of like yeah. last week with Larson and Byron. So it'll be interesting if, if Ford can get in the mix, Toyota can make some noise. We'll just have to see. Uh, but it's getting to that point now in the season where you're five races in, you have a good scope. Or is it five races or four races? I think four. It's five. Four. Okay. Daytona. So, I mean, if you count the Bush Clash, five. But Yeah, I'd count four. Um, yeah, so you're four races in. You're done with the West Coast string. You kind of have an idea of not only where the drivers are, but where the manufacturers are. But things can change so quickly, you know. I mean, uh, you know, different tracks – there's still we've there's a load of tracks out there that we haven't been to yet. We've only been to like really two intermediates, a super speedway, and then a short track. But so it's, we, it's a fast short track, so it's hard to. Yeah, get. I agree. I mean, even turns like one and two, since it's flat, they like sweep through there kind of fast, you know. Yeah, I agree. We'll just see what happens. Atlanta will be interesting, though. Yeah, I'm um, I'm excited for Atlanta, but I'm also a little, I don't know. I think the, the Atlanta Spring Race last year was so exhausting. Uh, was it 500 miles? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was just so lengthy, and of course, you know, Byron led a lot of the laps there, and it just, I don't know. Racing seemed just the last forever. Um, I think now for a shortened race, there will be a little bit more maybe anticipation. Um, I feel like the racing will be pretty good uh, for new Atlanta standards. We'll just have to see what happens. I mean, I I personally don't know what will happen because I just hope it's not like, you know, I I hope the package, you know, is still kind of the same in, in terms of like cars not getting into like a pack of like eight and just running off. Mm -hmm. You know, last year, especially in the uh, summer race, you had like the pack was pretty together throughout the whole race. I don't want it to be, you know, a deal where, yeah, you get like seven, eight cars and like the Xfinity race last year where they just all run off. Yeah, just just drive away. Yeah, like that's that's not what you pay your money to go see. Yeah, I checked the, I wanted to look up the temperature there because if it's like cooler, it's going to be 15 cloudy. So the track's going to be fast. Oh, yeah, no well, doubt. You would think that that'd keep the pack close, right? Because they're just going to be, everyone's just going to be wide open. I mean, probably not wide open, but close to it, just flying around like a super speedway. Yeah, they'll be running 75% or more on the throttle. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's what makes, that's the art of super speedway racing. You know, if you 
you know, let off a little bit, you're saving a little bit, but how much do you want to let off? You know, you can't let off a whole lot of the super speedway and expect to run up front, especially with the draft. I mean, you're just going to get, you know, you're going to get wrecked. Yeah. Uh, if you run, you know, and the leader, you know, the leader obviously usually burns the most fuel. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. It's, yeah. But regardless, I am excited because it's a, it's a form of super speedway racing. And you don't know what to expect when you go to Atlanta. Now. Yeah. Like you do not know. Like it used to be, yeah, you kind of knew, you know, it was a worn out intermediate track. You knew who to expect. Mm-hmm. Now you don't know who is really going to be, who's going to really be up front because, you know, so many teams are good at super speedway racing. Yeah, I think you need a good car, too. I mean, this is like, it's pointing at the Chevys again, too, because if it's cold, they just have the raw power usually. And Toyotas are usually the ones with, like, the maneuverability when it's hot and slick. But if it's cold, yeah. then the Chevys are probably just going to be the fastest. If it's ripped up, I mean, I'd rather have it be cold though, because if it gets hot and like one of the car, a car just starts driving away because the track's so slick that no one can hold it on, hold on through the turns, then it be could turn into one of the most boring races. But it'll probably be an attrition race for sure. Yeah, last year was everything <laughs> was was definitely an attrition race from. From what I can remember, my goodness. Yeah, there was there have to be a few huge wrecks, right? Yeah, let's just hope Kyle's not involved in one. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all I really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I'm I'm curious as how many people finished on the lead lap. I'm gonna look it up, but yeah, I mean it'll be entertaining at the very least. I don't know about like a good Na- NASCAR race in terms of racing because of how crazy it can get but we'll see yeah i think it's gonna have a high amount of viewership just because of the fact it's a super speedway race Mm -hmm. you're gonna have more people tuning in because they're like oh man atlanta um you know same deal as last year but um i think now the teams kind of get a little bit more uh they they know a little bit more about this track now they've raced on it two times 23 cars finished on the lead lap. I just checked. And wow, the the interval that Chastain finished second Um, from, let me see here, gap from 16th to first, the gap was only 2.3 seconds. So there was like a big pack left at the end. Yeah, that's what having a late risk caution would do. You know, everyone gets... You know, spread out, and uh, yeah, that's a crazy. Oh yeah, I forgot how many late race cautions did we have there at the end? There must have been a lot. Uh, I think there's two. You had the um, Harrison Burton spin where he blew the tire, and then you had the crash with Ty Gibbs, AJ, and uh, Noah, and one and two, where uh, I think AJ got into Ty, and then Ty got into Noah or something like that. They all crashed in one and two. Mm-hmm. That brought out the last caution. So there was, I'm pretty sure there's three total cautions today for cause, for like an actual like wreck or something. Yeah, was um was Harrison on old tires or what happened? Did he blow one and then? Yeah, I think he blew one through the trial or like right yeah. up at like the the dog leg, and 
yeah, I'm assuming he had older tires. Either that or he ran over something. But I think he just had, like, really, really old tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see people complaining about that caution, but I I think this caution and the Almirola caution last year were both warranted because when a car... Oh, no, no. As soon as they see smoke, they usually throw it when it's that bad. Yeah, I mean... You know, there was no doubt that there was a little bit of maybe uh, triggery by a NASCAR yeah, there to, yeah. to have that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't blame them. I mean, the race was just, like, so strung out. I mean, you know, we, we get mad at NASCAR for, for doing stuff like that. But at the same time, I mean, if a car is spinning on the track going over 100 miles an hour, I mean, yeah, caution's pretty warranted. <laughs> yeah. I use common sense there, but you know, I can also understand why people would get upset at you know late race cautions. I mean, I've been in a situation where I've been watching races of my favorite driver about to win Las Vegas spring race last year, and a mm-hmm. caution comes out. But you know, if it's a caution that warrants it, then you know, you, there's nothing you can do, it's just bad luck. Yeah, the worst one ever recently was probably the remember they threw the one for Stunhouse. Like barely hitting the wall in um Texas for the All Star race, but they definitely oh, yeah. the All Star race. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Oh, mm-hmm. goodness grief alive! That was a, such a bad race. Terrible. Yeah, I think just that was the typical Phoenix race. I really, we should just. T- I think we should just take it out off the end of the schedule and leave just the spring race. Go somewhere oh, no else for the championship. You know, in a perfect world, Texas would be nowhere on the schedule. Rockingham would be back. Yeah. Phoenix would only have one date. Homestead would be the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, again, in a perfect world, that's exactly what we would have in NASCAR. But, and, and who knows? Maybe one day we'll get some of that. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and it's sad because one of the main reasons why they left Homestead was because, you know, the, the at-track stuff, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, you know, stuff that was going on the track, you know, the activities and stuff like that. Yeah. All of that was, like, really, really, really bad and, like, run down. So, in Phoenix, you know, Phoenix definitely has that, obviously. Uh, but, you know, there's a certain point where you have to separate the on-track product from the off-track stuff. Like, you just, I don't know. Like, yeah, the it's like a cool track. Like you can tell, it's definitely fun to be at, and it's like in the middle of the desert. But the racing product just hasn't been ideal. And yeah. if, like that race would have, if that was the championship, it pretty much would have been settled on track position. Yeah, no doubt. And um, I mean, Phoenix has been pretty mid for a while. I mean, this is nothing. Like, this is nothing that the next-gen car has seemingly just brought on to the track. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been this way for years. I mean, the 2020 finale race was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, 2021 was okay. You know, obviously had that, you know, obviously had the drama at the end. But, you know, last year or, you know, last, the 2022 finale race was, oof, you know, hell, it was rough. So, yeah, they had the 750 horsepower back then, too. So, Yeah, that's right. I, I, I forget that uh, Phoenix was like, because I think it's 670 everywhere else minus the super speedways, right? Mm-hmm. 
yeah but like there yeah yeah i i personally would like the final finale to be at i would put it at any intermediate charlotte vegas i mean kansas is kind of a weird one but it's a good track phoenix is like a kind of like a niche track like i mean for like if we go back there and Blaney or Logano's in the final or even Harvick, you're going to immediately point to them to win it. Yeah. Whereas in intermediate, you never really know who's going to bring the speed. Um, Oh, yeah. Would you think of the the NASCAR taking the louvers from Hendrick? You think anything's going to come of that? Well, I know a lot of fans hope so. Um, (laughs) I don't, you know, unless you're a Hendrick fan. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, that was definitely interesting when I read about that, that they had taken all four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, Chad Canales, he was really quiet about it. Um, we'll just have to see. I'm going to say no. But at the same time, I'm, I'm very, again, I'm very suspicious about that, though. They're taking all four from, from Hendrick, and it's the Louvers. I, I don't know. I, it's a toss-up. I mean, maybe they'll find... It's like just. It's like when a car goes to like the R&D center after a race. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you know, you know don't know if they're coming back clean or they're coming back with like a 150-point penalty. I mean, you don't, you know. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I mean, it might be one of those things where they like barely get away with it, but we'll have to see. Yeah, the I fact that... Hurt them a lot, over, though. Yeah, the fact... Yeah. The fact that Hendrick had all four of them taken proves to me that there probably was something suspicious. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're not just going to take all four of them for, like, literally no reason. I mean, I would... Go ahead. I was just saying, you know, because that's a very specific part to the car, so... Mm -hmm. And um, I saw some things saying that they had trouble fitting them how they wanted them, but they're supposed to work with the manufacturers and the, they're like absolutely not supposed to touch them once they get them. So obviously they definitely did something with them. It's just a matter of NASCAR gives them penalties. That's Byron's going to lose all his playoff points. Um, they're all going to go below the cutoff. They're, I mean, that's 100 points that's like what two races yeah that's two races so that's it's gonna hurt them a lot yeah how much was the uh Kozlowski penalty when he got fined it was a hundred points um I don't know how it works with the 10 playoff points I I don't think you can go negative I think it'll just go to zero if you're at like four five nine ten so if you have like zero you can't go to negative ten but that yeah. would, Byron would lose like all of his um, yes, yeah, that's, that's a good point. You, yeah, definitely hurt them. It would shake things up. I think Bowman actually has the point lead, the points lead, or it might be it's either Harvick or Bowman too. So Bowman would drop way down. Pretty impressive to, for Bowman, um, mm-hmm. you know, to have such consistency. Yeah, he's scored. He has four straight top tens this year. Yeah, uh, considering he came back from you know injury from Texas last year missing a couple races and then returning and then actually, you know, just doing this well. Like, he's been silently, uh, you know, a, a top five driver so far this year. I still think, though, the Chastain's the guy to beat. 
Yeah, Chastain. Um, I mean, Chastain, I think man. I think Byron is definitely good in Larson, but I think that Chastain kind of has is going to have the speed everywhere all year. I think Larson and Byron might go away for like a race or two and then come back. I think Chastain will be top every race because I mean Auto Club, he was fast. Daytona, we didn't really see Larson and Byron at those two races. Yeah, Chastain at uh, Auto Club, he nearly led half the race. I think he led like mm-hmm. 92 laps or something like that. I think he swept, yeah, he swept the first two stages. He swept the yeah. stages at Daytona, too. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's going to be so crucial, you know, talking about playoff points. Winning stages, I mean, that is very, very crucial. And come mm-hmm. playoff time, um, you know, obviously he doesn't have a win yet, but, you know, I, I doubt we're going to get 16 winners before the regular season. And so Chastain will be in a really good position, even if he doesn't have a win for, uh, come Daytona time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's going to be one of the top cars for sure. Um, yep. How many winners do you think we have by then now that we got already got two? We already got Byron back-to-back. Uh, man, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to say we're going to have – I'm going to say 13. Yeah, I think that's a good 13. number. Yeah, I think you're going to have – I think Larson, man, Larson inevitably, inevitably is just going to like, I don't know, have a race where he leads. Like, my fear for Larson is just like, we're just going to go to like one of these intermediates. We're going to go to like Kansas or Dover or something. Larson is going to lead like 250 laps. Mm-hmm. It's just going to, it's just going to win like 2021 Larson. He's going to like, yeah, I've been running good, but you know, I'm back now. And yeah. Then, um, like home stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, you know, Chase, well, I wouldn't really say Chase at the moment. But, you know, Bowman, there's a chance he could win a race. Obviously, Chastain and Suarez. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I mean, none of the JGR guys have won yet. I mean, Hamlin, Bell, Trex, Gibbs, really not so much. But those three can definitely still win, especially Bell. Um, and then, you know, Penske, you know, Logano and Blaney. And, you know, and Cinder can maybe sneak one in there. Uh, I think all in all, there's going to be around 12, 13 guys, and then a few guys who will get in on points. Um, mm-hmm. so. yep. Yeah, that's a good number. I would agree with that. I think you would expect Byron to maybe get another or two. Larson, maybe he gets two or three. Bush gets another two, probably. Chastain gets a few. And then, I mean, the Gibbs guys got to get a few of them. But... Yeah, I think they will. It's only a matter we'll of time. See. We'll see how long the Chevy streak goes to. I mean, yeah, we can get an upset winner on Sunday, too, because it's Atlanta. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, I kind of – I don't know. I'm just I'm, – I'm not necessarily rooting for Chevy as much. I mean, I, I guess I am, but, like, I'm just kind of interested to see how long it continues because it's been very impressive considering mm-hmm. how good Toyota is. Like, Toyota – Toyota's not just good because they had Kyle Busch for all that long time. They are yeah. good because they have really good, consistent cars. Yeah. So, and then, and then of course, don't forget the blue ovals. So, I mean, yeah, very mm-hmm. impressive what they're doing. Very underrated, un- underratedly pre- impressive. Yeah, I think. Do you have Do you have a pick for Atlanta? Because I I don't know how I can go against a Chevy. I'm gonna end up picking like Chastain. Larson, or probably not Larson, but Chastain, Byron, someone like I, uh, 
I think in the preseason, I picked Bowman to win Atlanta. So I guess I'm just going to stick with my gut and say him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really don't know in the end who's going to who's going to get it. What does that um, say? Chastain. I'm looking at laps led at this race last year. Chastain led 42. Elliott led some. He's not in it, obviously. Um, Bush led 20. Stenhouse led some. He's good there. Reddick led five. Bell led 16. We'll see. Didn't Bell get a penalty or was that at Talladega? I think that was Talladega. Uh, no, it was at Atlanta. It uh, was? He, for going yeah, it was. Oh, so he, yeah, he was right there at the end then. Yeah, it was the spring race last year. Finished, he, he originally finished second or third. I think it was second. Mm-hmm. And then Chastain, I think, finished third. Yeah, he got a penalty because I think he went under the line to pass yeah, on the that's last the rack there with Bubba. Um, I think that's what happened. I'm not entirely sure. I always, most races, like, I just have a driver that my gut tells me is going to win. But, like, this one, I don't know how I'm going to. It usually comes later in the week at a race like this, like, but I have no idea. I mean, Corey LeJoy finished fifth. You could swore as fourth. There's just so many guys. Yeah, that's what makes, I mean, that's really the whole art of super speedway racing. As you know, I'll elaborate to what I said earlier. So many teams can be in the hunt. I mean, mm-hmm. we're already in the era of probably most, you can argue it, but probably the most competitive field in Cup Series history. Yeah. And you throw on top of that, you know, you're you have, you know, the cars are, you know, is just about as equal as they've ever been. And, you know, you're going into, you know, a race, a super speedway race where you really don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, anyone a guy who's, you know, running eighth with three laps to go, two laps to go could win. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you look at Harvick. Back in the 2000, what what was it? The 2007 Daytona 500, he was running like 15th. Oh yeah, all those cars. Yeah, and then and then obviously the most famous example is Earnhardt in the uh, 2000 uh, Talladega Fall Race, where mm-hmm. he was like 18th with like five laps to go in one. Uh, yep. It's yeah, just they're... like incredible how stuff like that can happen. Yeah, um, anyone, it's anyone's race. And in Atlanta, it's just even more insane because it's so narrow that. The field can literally get flipped upside down with one rack. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like Atlanta, it's like it's like a super speedway on steroids. Mm-hmm. Jeez Louise. Yeah, we'll see. It's just gonna be a guessing thing. I mean, I think we can guess who's gonna be fast, but that has nothing to do with who's gonna win, just because of how crazy it is. Yep. All right, anything else? Uh, not unless you can think of something, man. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> you know, yeah. There always is. I think it was it was an all right race. I mean, it was kind of what I – I didn't expect the package to just go out and put on some insane show, but – Yeah, I agree. I expected a little bit more out of it. You know, I remember seeing on Twitter so many people were excited about the package and, oh, it's going to be great. You know, we're finally going to get a good Phoenix race. And I'm like – I'll just wait until I actually see it with my own eyes how yeah. it is. And, you know, it wasn't and – and I thought even early on that the race was going to be a little bit better than it was, but it just got so strung out. I mean, I remember by, like, lap 20, 
already there was guys that were like on the back half of the top 10 or like right outside of it that are, were already like 10 seconds off the lead. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a step in the right direction at least, but mm-hmm. didn't change much. Yeah. Hopefully they keep working on it, get it a little bit better. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, we go back there in November, and that's what's cool about it. You know, that will be later in the year. You know, teams will have, you know, some, you know, they'll use some of the information that they got from the spring race, but at the same time, they'll change it up. You know, yeah. depending on, you know, multiple factors, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I mean, weather always plays a role. I mean, the weather can be completely different by the time you go there in November. Yeah. Um, and you know, hopefully they cheat the championship cars are like, I mean, they, you would think that there are, those cars are always cheated up a little and everyone lets them go pretty easily. So it kind of makes the four championship contenders just race so hard so it makes it a little bit and it's just the championship but i don't know it it, that that kind of blinds you from the racing product in the spring race is always tough to watch yeah no doubt all right well we'll talk after atlanta i'm sure hopefully it's a decent race and more than 20, 15 cars finish on the lead lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness, dude. I just hope 20 cars don't wreck out. I know. And, yeah, and hopefully no one gets hurt, too. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're saying that it's the hits are definitely better, but we'll see. This is – there could be some hard hits here. Yeah, well, there's already been complaints this year about, you know, hard hits. The bumper caps and everything, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that would ever go away. Yeah, Hamlin was complaining, but then he was just nailing Chastain the whole yes. <laughs> the whole last lap. I'll send you that, and for whoever's listening, I'll post it on my story if you haven't seen it. Yeah, man, we need to get more people to watch my man First Offenses podcast, bro. Yep. Next great NASCAR podcaster for sure. Hopefully, hopefully. Yep. All right, well, thanks for coming on. It's always fun. Yes, sir, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you. All right, see ya. See ya. All right, guys. I hope you guys liked talking to him. Um, like I said, his Instagram's KB NASCAR fan eight. I think he put an eight at the end of it because he's a Bush fan. Um, so yeah, follow him. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Whoever wants to come on is welcome to come on. Uh, I have a list of people that I have to have on. I had a ton of people reply to my, a story I put up saying they wanted to come on, so I'm going to be reaching out to everyone there. But if you DM me, uh, we can we can make it happen. All right, so on to the rest of the podcast, the first offense move of the race, all that stuff, and then we'll talk Atlanta next week, even though me and him talked about it a little. All right, similar to last week, Byron, um, so they decided to take two tires, which was pretty interesting. So many guys took two tires. But, I mean, after last week's call, I think you just have to. Um, I mean, it, it ruined Harvick's race, but Byron's pit crew with another great stop got him on the front row. He had a really good restart. I mean, he's going against Larson, one of the best in the business. So I think you could give it to him or his pit crew. Um, but I honestly, I think maybe I'm le- I'll lean more towards giving it to him because those restarts are so insane, and he really had to race Larson hard. It came to Reddick giving him a big bump down the back stretch and Byron clearing everybody. 
but between Byron's pit crew getting him out on the front row and Byron having that great restart and beating all those good cars, I think that, yeah, that's what won him the race right there. It's very similar to last week. The Hendrick cars dominated, but it came down to a late restart, and Byron ended up on top. All right, so he gets first or fence move the race. It's kind of a mix between him and his pit crew. All right, so now it's time for the underdog of the race. So I think you got to give this to Josh Berry. I mean, it's just his second start, and yeah, he's in HMS equipment, which is really strong, as we know. But to finish in the top ten, I saw a lot of people last week were kind of like, "Oh, he's he's horrible. He's his teammates are winning the race, and he's running laps down." But I mean, I think he finished one spot before one spot behind Bowman this week and that's just such a strong run for being so early in his cup career and who knows I mean that's he just started with Hendrick last week it was last second this week he puts this race together there's some tracks coming up that he could have another really good run and I mean who knows maybe something happens he gets a shot at a win and pulls one off that'd be really cool to see but I'm just glad that he's running good he's a good short track racer so i'm looking forward to seeing what else he can do especially at martin all right now we got some race takes on my instagram poll about phoenix so i'll go over these i'm just gonna leave them anonymous this week um all right so the first one is just w it's a bunch of w so i'm assuming that's a byron fan actually no he's i know that's a byron fan because i i'm friends with him um someone said complete bs that's got to be a harvick fan and then the same person said, seriously, you mean to tell me his tire wasn't horrible? So, I mean, that doesn't... Seriously, you mean to tell me he didn't know his tire was... It doesn't even make sense. Guy was probably just going nuts, type, and doesn't, didn't even know what he was saying after a late caution that ruined Harvick's day. All right. Next one, again, the most dominant driver gets screwed by a late caution. Yeah, I think Harvick... I mean... I wouldn't say he's the most dominant in terms of laps led, but for him to make his way through the field and pass, be one of the only guys that could pass under green, especially for the lead against Larson, he, he definitely had the best car and he just drove away. I mean, his car was so good in traffic that he just was lights out. So yeah, it was his win. Got taken away from him, especially by another two-tire call. We see that a lot with this new car so it's unfortunate but we'll see what happens with Harvick maybe he gets one back all right another one I'm gonna kill Harrison Burton okay so you know we got another Harvick fan these see the last week these were like pretty positive after a rough Las Vegas but now it's the opposite all right and aero package was blank and the racing was the same as last year yeah um I don't know. I mean, Phoenix is just not the best track in general. We Even when we had the 70, 750 package a few years ago, it wasn't like the racing was unbelievable. It was kind of similar to what it is now. So you can't expect much out of Phoenix at this point. It's just NASCAR put so much money into that track that they're going to want to keep going there. It's just a, it's a good venue. It's just the on-track performance isn't that good we talked about this with Matthew earlier so I won't say much more but that's it for the race takes you can leave them my Instagram's first offense I put the poll up right after the race all right moving on to what do we got other news to cover um so circuit of the Americas we got 
Jimmy Johnson running now, Jordan Taylor, Kimi, and Jensen Button. So we got two F1 championships. We got Jordan Taylor. He's an IMSA racer, and he's really good. And then Jimmy Johnson, of course. So it's going to be cool just to see all those guys on the grid and at practice all week long. It'll just be fun to keep up with them. The one that I look, the two that I look at, I mean, we know what Jimmy Johnson can do, but he is going to have to qualify him. But I look at Jordan Taylor and Kimi because Jordan Taylor is is going to be, he's going to be in such good equipment and just that car is so good on road courses in general. And he's been doing stuff with the garage 56 car. So, I mean, you would think he's going to have some experience coming into this and I mean, if he can, he's, they got that 50 minute long practice as well. So I'm really curious to see how he runs. And Kimi was in that track house car last year. It was fast and track house won this race. So those two could actually have a shot at winning this thing. Um, I mean, they're going to have to beat their teammates who are just cup series regulars. And that's always what you have to watch out for because they're in the same equipment, but I mean, just if these guys go in here and run good, it'll just attract more big names to the sport, and just it'll be so cool. I mean, imagine if we could end up with like an active F1 guy in the Cup Series somehow, or someone who's like fresh off of, who's like really good and close to their prime. It'd be cool. Uh, it'd bring so many viewers, and just it'd just make it interesting. I mean, watching Kimi at Watkins Glen last year was really fun. And he's just, they're just got different personalities, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, we'll talk more about that as we get closer. But another thing I wanted to mention is the Atlanta, the Atlanta pit commitment box. They change it so it's if you're going into turn three, it's right to the left. So basically, you have to go pull over on the back stretch and then wrap around three and four on the apron and go onto the front stretch and then into pit lane so it's huge so i mean you got to think if they hit that pit commitment line going 45 and the rest of the field is flying going i don't know how fast they're going to the turns at new atlanta 170 but by the time they hit the straightaway 180 uh maybe 190 i'm not positive but if you it's going to shake things up for strategy because there's no doubt they're going to lose well over a lap at that point. I mean, you go through three and four, the rest of the fields, by the time you get on the straightaway, the rest of the front stretch, the rest of the fields got to be going through the dog. Like, I mean, I'd imagine. And then you get into your pit box, they're on the back stretch. By the time you leave, they got to, they'll probably blow by you on the, the, uh, front stretch i haven't looked at what it was like last year and the other thing is it's going to be tough to get green flag pit stops because this cause this track causes a lot of wrecks but it's something to look for and especially if the field gets strung out i doubt it will because it's going to be so cold and gripped up but if the field does get spread out i this is definitely going to shake things up um and they don't even have practice either so yeah, I want to talk about a little bit about that later, but anyways, moving on to the schedule next week. So it's three races. Saturday, we actually have a doubleheader. The cup practice, qualifying, there's no cup practice. Qualifying is Saturday at 11.35, race is Sunday. Xfinity Series and Truck Series qualify Friday, truck being 3.05 qualifying for the Xfinity Series, 4.35 
and then we have a truck race Saturday at two and a Xfinity race at five. So double header. That's that'll be fun. Nothing like a do- nice double header on a Saturday. Um, yeah, and then the Cup race Sunday, obviously. So yeah, like I just said, I wanted to talk about this again. No practice. I mean, they they I'm almost positive they're gonna have a comp caution. Um, they always do when they don't practice. So at least they'll be able to uh, make some adjustments on it. I'll, I'm going to double check it right now. But I just, why can't we just have the 20-minute practice? I get that it's a super speedway, but it's Atlanta. Like, the track is still so new. The car's still, it's been two races with this new car. I don't see the harm in having a 20-minute practice. But, yeah, I can't, I can't figure out if there's a comp caution. But it is 400 miles, so that'll... That'll definitely be better. It was just the most grueling, longest race last year, 500 miles. Um, I'm glad it's shorter, less chance for the field to wreck, but it'll bring the intensity up a little bit. Me and uh, Matthew talked about this earlier. So yeah, all right. So Atlanta's going to be a barn burner for sure, just insane. At least one of those finishes is going to be crazy and take some insane moves. I mean, it might not be your kind of racing, but... It'll be entertaining for sure, whether you like it or you don't. All right, fantasy standings for the First Offense Fantasy League. All right, I'm in the lead still. I I just had some solid top 10s this week. Mike Honcho climbed to second. Kevin LePage third. Dee's Lug Nuts dropped to fourth. Dominic had some good picks. I think he was just a few points behind me this week. And he's up to fifth. So Kyle Buschow is out of the top five to six. Winston Cup Series seventh. Slide job 3-8th, 732 diecast 9th, cute 413 10th, Vernon 2 fast 11th. Um, Alright, yeah, that brings me to my race picks for Atlanta. I'm I'm not going to commit to my Sunday pick at a track like this. Because at Phoenix, I originally picked Logano. And then before practicing qualifying, I just went over some stuff and I decided to go with Larson. So... This is if I had to pick right now, but if you go on my Instagram before practice and qualifying, I'm, I'll always drop my locked-in pick for the weekend on Friday or whatever. So, all right. So if I had to pick right now, I'd go with Christopher Bell. I just he was good here last year. I think he got went below the yellow line, and we, me and Matthew talked about this. He he got that penalty. So he was fast here, and he was there at the end, and he just seems like a guy that can get up on the wheel and just get it done here because it's such a crazy super speedway now. So my gut's telling me he's going to have a good run. I mean, it'll be tough to beat the Chevys because they're just so fast, but he could definitely do it. For the truck race, I'm going Ty Majeski. He just seems like one of the strongest trucks this year. I don't know how he'll run at this track. And I honestly didn't even look to see how he did last year. I just wanted to go with my gut, and it's just, it's a truck race. It's not, and anything can happen. I mean, Zane Smith, I'm sure, is the favorite, but I'm going to go with Ty. Um, Xfinity Series, Chandler Smith, he's just, he can get up on the wheel and get it done at a track like this. He seems to be better in an Xfinity car than he is in a truck because, I mean, he can just wheel that thing, and... He was good in Vegas. He was pretty good last week at Phoenix going at it with Bush on the last lap. That was funny. Um, Yeah, I think Chandler's going to be tough to beat. I mean, you got to look at Austin Hill. But Chandler, I think, has just as good of a shot. 
as Austin Hill, but I mean, who knows? The whole field could wreck on the last lap. I'm sure the JRM cars and the Gibbs cars will be fast too. Um, another thing is the Xfinity cars kind of get um branch branch away at Atlanta. I think we saw that last summer, a bunch of cars split apart. So, yeah, I mean, I'd rather just have them race in a pack and have it be a traditional super speedway. Unless, I mean, you can get big runs and make cool passes when you spread out. But it's just, I have no idea. And the track's going to change so much as it wears and the temperature changes. It'll be interesting to keep up with. All right, so... Bell, Majeski, Chandler, Smith. So Majeski and Smith, I'll definitely keep, but I may change my cup back. All right, I think that's everything. I hope when I I may I recorded with Matthew last night, so hopefully I didn't repeat myself too much now, because I, I mean I think I remembered everything we talked about, but hopefully I didn't say anything over and over again or twice. I don't think I did. If I did, it wasn't shouldn't have been too bad. But let me know if I did. Um, yeah, overall, I would say it's not what we, I mean, it's kind of what we expect from Phoenix. Hopefully it's a step in the right direction. Hopefully they keep trying to make gains on it and then heading into Atlanta. It'll be an insane race. I think it's just going to be a cool day. Track's going to be flying and yeah, it's going to take an insane move to win it, whether it be a block or a uh, crossover or something like that. We'll see. But should be entertaining and controversial and everything <laughs> that it was last year. But anyways, I hope you guys have a good week. And I hope you guys enjoy Atlanta. Watch the doubleheader on Saturday and then the cup race on Sunday. And I'll see you after that. Alright, peace.